Welcome to episode 251 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. I think I fractured my finger this week. Doing what? Uh, we got a new bed. And it was one of those helix sleeper. Lots of beds nowadays, since it's all that memory foam, right? It's the compressed, right. like vacuum sealed thing. Yeah. And you open it up and it starts to expand. Uh, yes. So I opened it up. It expanded. It expanded upside down. So the top was on. The, so I had to like flip it around and rotate it and do all this like Tetrising to like get mm. it in the actual thing uh but it, what what complicated things the most was that we upgraded from a queen size to a king size so we have a huge ginormous bed now um, mm. and that thing was just so difficult to like twist and turn <laughs> around and do all that stuff and so i moved the bed and it wasn't working so i let go but i think my finger just caught it in the right way. It's probably a good thing that I let go as soon as I did because I I heard my finger pop, which I like. I crack my knuckles a lot, so that's not really a new feeling. Uh, but it was one that I I had to like ooh ow like that one kind of hurt. Like that's a knuckle that I don't normally get because it was just like the the small tip. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, it is a little bit sensitive, but it's kind of fine. Like I can still move it and yeah. stuff like that. But I was like, let me just go get one of those like big finger splint uh, things just in case. But that's me. Smart. That's my weekend. How are I- you, <laughs> Melissa? No injuries? I'm good. I, I hope. No, no, I'm OK. <laughs> Went to a lot of movies. I. I saw Evil Dead Rise, which is very oh. gnarly, but very How's good. That? And Bo is Afraid, which is a deeply strange yes. one. T- tell me a little bit about that. Because I've I've heard some like just utterly bizarre reactions to people be like, this is the worst movie ever made to like, like, I'm going to go see this movie in IMAX multiple times because everyone <laughs> thinks it's a terrible movie. And I just I love it. It's like. So I, I don't know what to believe here. Uh, OK, the movie how is should I be? <laughs> you should not be afraid. It isn't scary. I think it's a comedy. I laughed a lot. I don't know if I was supposed to laugh at all those times, but I laughed a lot. It is a symphony of nightmares uh-huh. in that okay. you just watch every bad thing you can imagine happen to Joaquin Phoenix, but in a really like mundane <laughs> Sometimes in a mundane way and sometimes in a really outrageous way. Like it just literalizes all metaphors and all like sneaky little back of the brain feelings. Like instead of feeling a general sense of fear of crime in the world, he lives in like a Hieronymus Bosch painting. Like he walks to his, he runs to his apartment past like stabbings and just 
dozens and dozens of characters on the street enacting crimes, enacting things to be fearful of. Uh, is, it's is it, really dramatic like that. As it's supposed to be kind of like a slice of life, like no real plot, just like, let's just I guess, watch yeah. a day in, in the life of he, this guy. Or is there some like, he needs to get the MacGuffin and win. Yes, he he has a goal. He has to travel to see his mother. And it's just about okay. all of the obstacles that get in the way of him going to visit his mom. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Because I like I'm I'm wondering now if that's almost the idea behind it. It's like, let's just make some simple plot. And then like everything that you would think he would do normally, either something happens or he just does it in a weird way. Like you said, like he, he runs there instead of walks, like something well, as simple of as, as, as that. Just he he runs because sure. of fear from crimes. Kyle, I can't begin okay. to tell you the number of bizarre <laughs> things that happen in this movie. It is three hours long. Three hours of bizarre things happen in this movie. It's kind of a lot. I don't know how to gauge anybody else's enjoyment of it. I friend of the show, Jack, and I saw this yesterday at 1130 in the morning with a single other person in the theater. <laughs> and when the movie ended, that guy turned around and looked at us and said, you guys saw that, too, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, well, speaking of bizarre mo movies, Melissa, we are here to talk about Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. Man. So you you were the one that brought this onto the the show. Uh, yes. It, what what inspired you to bring this back? Uh, I think the day this episode releases will be the five year anniversary of the release of my first ever review show episode. I've been doing this for five whole years. Uh, when other peers of mine have gotten married or had children, I did this instead. And I thought for my five year anniversary, I give game. myself a treat. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast game. Married to talking about weird indie movies once a week in perpetuity. <laughs> I, I said, I'm going to pick a movie and just announce that this is what we do. This is a movie I've always wanted to cover on this show. I think you and I could have a really interesting discussion about it. I, but it's been something I've been wanting to do as something special, but I know. Maybe it's special to you and I, but not to the general audience, not to the general public. I couldn't bring it out for any real milestone. So sure, I'm like, yeah. five-year anniversary of me, me specifically? All right, this is what I want. Melissa's choice, I choose Napoleon Dynamite. Congratulations to Melissa. <laughs> Thank you. Good stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, just seriously, though, con congratulations for being here on the Whatnots for five years. That is a big commitment. Uh, I, I know me personally, who's been, I, I was one of the creators of the whatnot. So I've been yes. doing this for what, eight years now. I didn't think mm -hmm. we'd make it past one. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the fact that I've, I, 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 I now have you who has been here for five yes. years as yeah. well. It's just like, this is awesome. This is so cool. Right. I came on for one guest episode and I just did not leave. And you never asked me to leave and I'm still here. We 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 quote unquote hired you. <laughs> uh, you you officially work here. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Napoleon Dynamite, man. Uh, 
Wow, yeah, I, I remember when this was the hot new thing. When this yes. came, I, I don't remember if I saw this in theaters or not. I, I don't think I did, to be honest. Um, I, I, it, I think it's kind of one of those movies that it just kind of came out and no one really noticed but mm. kind of word of mouth hit really fast, yeah. like right as it was leaving theaters and people started like renting it and buying it just to check it out. And it kind of defines like our like high, like it, it was I, I, I feel like it was one of our like defining like high school comedies like it came or, or, out or like in 2004. It when, came out in 2004, so we okay, would have so, been like eighth grade transitioning into ninth grade at that time. We're about the same age. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so like ju just at the start of high school, like yes. end of middle school. school. But yeah, for the next handful of years, this is one of the ones we all qu quoted along with like napoleon dynamite and school of rock and, and yeah <laughs> stuff like that a zoolander might get in there uh yeah. who knows a mean mean girls might have been slightly yes. later yeah yep. this was a, a a cult film this is one of the things i want to investigate today i believe we can accurately say this was a cult film i'm not sure if it still is i I don't know if the culture burned itself out on Napoleon Dynamite. That's an interesting thought. I don't know. Like, it's definitely not relevant today, right? <laughs> it's, 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 but it's also sort of timeless. It kind of is, because, like, 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 I still appreciate this movie. I appreciate the humor. It's mm. just kind of dumb. Like, is the thing it's just kind of this nonsensical movie that just kind of happens uh <laughs> sure yeah, does I mean, it's not just kind of happen like i i'm i'm sure i still quote it from time to time like it's still it's still in my lexicon of movie quote arsenal uh thing that i pull out every now and then but i i don't mm. yeah like it's not the it's still not like i don't see memes from this as often as i i i think I yes kind of would expect for how big this was for for uh, yeah. us then I, I know memes was also still not a thing like we weren't calling them memes I back then I mean, like you see so many references to episodes of SpongeBob from around this time. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, no, I I don't remember the last time I saw somebody use a Napoleon Dynamite reaction GIF. Maybe it's just Kip going yes, yeah, yeah like that that's might it. Be <laughs> the only the only one, or the him like looking at his big pile of nachos and being like, <laughs> I'm, I'm Napoleon, kind of busy. I'm, I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> He used like, to look at the, the nachos only... while he says he's busy. I think that part's <laughs> very funny. He just has to so see good. them again. <laughs> but like, that's kind of it. Like, I don't feel like I've heard anyone be like, your mom goes to college in right? years. In like a decade, it feels like, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think this is an interesting one for us to explore.
uh, and then yeah. back on and just be, be, be like, what was this? <laughs> right. Because when this first came out, I think I rented it and I didn't get it exactly. And but I had friends who liked it. And so I gave it another try. And then I did like it better. And then, like, I watched it again. I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of tired of this. But I think a lot of that was in colored by the rest of my social circle. Like, I wanted to like the movie that my other friends liked. And then when they were like, I'm over Napoleon Dynamite. I'm like, should I be over this, too? Is it old? (laughs) But then I revisited it, like, eight years ago or something. I'm like, you know what? This still hits. I think this still works. (laughs) Like, in a vacuum of zero peer pressure, zero cultural guidance zeitgeist just me alone with napoleon dynamite i still find it a very charming experience i just had a weird thought pop into my head here and this is such a weird comparison Mm. never dreamed that i would be comparing napoleon dynamite to batman the animated series but batman the animated series has this like timeless feel to it like mm-hmm. the art yeah some of it feels like it's the 1920s some of it not it feels maybe more modern and 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 stuff like that from the the architecture of the buildings to the cars they they have napoleon dynamite almost fits in that same kind of wheelhouse where you're like You're not quite certain when this is set. Yes. And it it very much is in kind of modern day times of when it was made. But it also doesn't feel like that. Yeah, it feels like it's 10 years behind and you're not sure. Is this a period piece or is everybody in this town just sincerely behind the times? Yes. Yeah. Um, It's just a, a. weird small town middle of nowhere in uh, idaho Mm. and that's that's napoleon dynamite he's just this high school kid just kind of doing his thing like there's not much more to it than than that there's a there's the the like class elections for president Mm. there's the dance they sell tupperware They chat online with LaFonda, who comes to this is truly that's it a slice of life movie. It's a lot of vignettes that are just very loosely connected to one another when they have the class president election at the end of the movie. Like that concept is only introduced like 20 minutes before. Like there's no lead up to it. Like everything (laughs) truly just happens in this movie. Right. It's not like at the start of the May yeah, like, oh, end end of the week is prom or is homecoming or something like that. He does mention the dance fairly early on. There is the segment of getting dates Mm. for the dance. Then he gets the date. Then he has to, like, figure out how to get to her and pick her up. And then they go to the dance. And then everything that happens in the dance is just over. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's not a lot of repercussions from dance onto class elections. Man, I yeah, I I I like this. I enjoy it. I I think there's there's a few things that maybe didn't age super well, mm. but it's kind of negligible in the grand scheme. Like it's not there's nothing in there that I feel like is so egregious that's like, "Ooh, that didn't age well," but there's some stuff that's I just think, like, "Eh, okay." Yeah, I think you can tell that the movie has a good heart to it and Yes, yeah. I don't think it looks d- 
it's interesting that I don't think it looks up at any of these people and doesn't look down at them either. It sort it, of it looks, looks around flat, <laughs> just right like, down the middle at them objectively. Like this is just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, something else that I, I really enjoy about this, the opening credits. I've, I've yes. always really enjoyed the, oh. the, these, the just like handmade food, credits that mm. it's stuff is written in mustard or ketchup yeah. or they, they use tater tots to spell out something it's just fun like I, yeah. it's it's quirky i don't know like i that's the thing i i can see people watching this today and continuing that like i don't know if i get it kind of attitude towards it like mm. I, I can see people doing that or understanding it or, or, or just not understanding the humor mm-hmm. in this I, I i don't know if this is going to hit like it did for us back then of like someone the same age mm. i don't know yeah maybe it would I, I this is something i've been really curious about is the 14 year old today getting into napoleon dynamite <clears throat> like do they find or do they what is it about that that they would like do they like these sort mm-hmm. of throwback on a like semi-ironic vintage fashions you know do they really look up to deb as an entrepreneur (laughs) what is it about it that 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 works on kids what is going to continue to work in the future yeah yeah it's an interesting thought for sure uh well i i would suggest we do a plot synopsis but we kind of did that because there kind of isn't much of one here right um so yeah, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, do you have any other kind of like spoiler-free thoughts you want to add here, or should we we, we jump into <laughs> housekeeping? Let's go into housekeeping and then dive into a big discussion sure. on this. I've got a lot to say. I actually I took notes. This sure. deserves sounds, notes. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes, and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, Thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Over on the Pilots Club, our Patreon-exclusive podcast, um, we got to talk about Bob Patterson, the pilot episode of Bob Patterson. Now, most of you out there are probably like, what? Bob Patterson? What is Bob Patterson? Uh, You're you're not the only one. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
This was a very short-lived TV sitcom uh, that only lasted a month. They filmed yes. 10 episodes, only aired five of them. Of the ones mm. that were remaining that never aired, they lost some of them to time uh, to, to, to never be found again. We will never know mm. what happened in some of the, the, the those. Um, and it's just it's an odd show. Uh, Jason yes. Alexander plays Bob Patterson, who is the world's third most successful self-help guru it's an interesting one <laughs> interesting yeah one, for sure um melissa last week here on the review show we got to talk about the flintstones comics from we 2016 did. uh do you want to tell us a little, a little bit about that yeah this was part of a run of comics that were these sort of interesting takes on old Hanna Barbera characters. And it was the Flintstones as this social commentary on civilization itself, where we see the Flintstones encounter issues like war, marriage inequality, uh, capitalism, uh, religion, religion, like all sorts of different issues. But it's also very, very silly. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... some some great comics, highly recommend them. Uh, go go check them out because uh, they they are yeah they're they're silly mm-hmm. they're a lot of fun they got some some interesting points yeah good stuff good stuff with that uh, over on the captain's log uh, this past week we talked about all sorts of stuff we we got a brand new clip from Venture Bros we talked about yes. Renfield we talked about adam driver and if he would make a good read records because that seems to be the rumor right now uh and we 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 talked about all sorts of disney stuff all all sorts yeah we talked a lot about disneyland ghost videos hoaxes writing the disney rides all sorts of stuff it was a blast go check that one out over on the captain's log uh and then last but not least on the reactor core Melissa, last week you and I got to talk about episodes three and four of Yellow Jackets. Uh, and then later this week, both myself and Ignacio got to talk about the second half of season three of The Mandalorian. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have some very differing opinions on that show. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, go, go, go check that out. That was a lot of fun to talk about. But. Without further ado, I say we get into spoilers on Napoleon Dynamite here. Bam! Melissa, I, I kind of want to start this one off with a little small anecdote here. You you mm. kind of alluded to your experience of like the first time you watched it, you weren't yeah. quite sure uh it that you understood it you watched it again was like oh okay this is you know not all all that bad here um and so i after napoleon dynamite like hit the mainstream hit popular culture everyone was quoting it um i had some friends growing up some like a family friend uh and they they were a big movie family. They watched mm-hmm. all sorts of movies together. Um, 
and, and like as a and, and not a like it's family movie night we're gonna watch a family movie they were mm. into like the celebrity culture of of stuff huh. so they would all, often watch movies that at, at least to me back then at that age was like you're watching that with your family like that's like a rated r film mm. with like some nudity or sex stuff in there that like i don't know if you guys should be watching that or some like action movie that like you guys yeah. are watching that that seemed really dumb like why are you watching that um but they yeah they they just had this tradition that they would watch all of these movies um napoleon dynamite kind of slipped by them for a while their their kids saw it they loved it i quoted it with them all the time mm. but their 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 mom finally caught on to like what is this napoleon dynamite maybe should i watch this so i think they 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 caught one of the like i i think they went to go see it in theaters at one of like the last possible mm. showings that you could go see this maybe in and uh I I remember like talking with them I guess that next week and finding out that they they ended up leaving the movie because the mom thought this was a a like a sad movie like everyone is being so mean to Napoleon like she she started crying and like feeling oh. b- b- bad for 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 him uh, and and then you know eventually like they were like no 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 it's not a sad movie like this is meant to be a comedy like all you know mm. all this stuff but like we just thought that that was the funniest thing that like your mom cried at Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> um, Which... and yeah I I just I just thought that that was such an interesting reaction <laughs> to yeah. this movie like who cries at Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Especially because Napoleon himself, although he he gets bullied at school, uh, you know, like his his uncle or his older brother will like snap at him or make fun of him or something. He he doesn't seem that sad. Like a lot of hardships just sort of roll off of him. Like the fact that he is bullied does not in a very direct, visible way seem to affect him. He's more mm-hmm. frustrated by very small inconveniences. Like, yes, yes. Oh, I don't have any chapstick. Unless, right, of, yeah. oh, I'm getting bullied. The idea that he he's also kind of like a, a pathological liar in a, in a weird mm. way, right? He's always talking yeah. about the gangs at the school and how they wanted him for his bow staff skills. <laughs> Down down the road, I forget exactly when it comes up. He's like he he replies like, but I don't have skills. Like I I don't have any good yeah. skills, which is in complete contradiction to what he was telling Pedro when he first like mm-hmm. met him. Like I have both deaf skills and all, yeah. all, all, all that stuff. Like it's he, just this he like he also kind of makes up his own inconveniences, right? Yeah. In a weird way I, like i so i to then go back here i i would like to talk talk, talk about the opening scene of this mm. movie after we get past those credits that i like here i think this opening scene is really indicative of mm. what the movie is and what yeah. it's about um 
it shows Napoleon just standing there waiting for the school bus. He gets on. And the first thing you notice is that it is not only one of those movies where he seems older than all the other kids. I, 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 I think those are meant to be the like younger elementary yes. school stuff. And he's more in high school. But that's mm-hmm. something I've never seen where the elementary schoolers are on the same buses or what's happening well, there. I'm not sure. It's probably because it's in like a, a rural community. Like they just send one it's bus out enough, to like yeah. just the entire area for any student of any age. Like all the schools are probably on one campus together. That makes sense. But I like I, I often read that scene as the like like he's this like he's peers with them but he's like mm. six foot something yeah. and they're they're all super small right and he sits in the back of the, the, the of the, the, the of the bus uh and the kid who's sitting there in the seat next to him is like what are you gonna do today napoleon to which he replies whatever i feel like it gosh and yeah <laughs> And that is and, what proceeds to happen. He does whatever yes. he feels like. He doesn't seem to want very much, but also there are not very many obstacles in his way. I was thinking about uh, the, the musicals. You know, I love musicals. It is yep. the standard format of a musical that at the beginning, the characters sing an I want song. That is, it clearly states their goals, their aspirations, what yep. needs to be accomplished for them by the end of the show. Like, they could never do that for Napoleon Dynamite because it's not clear to me what his larger wants are. He just seems to have these very small, in the moment desires. I and what he ends up in action figure out the school bus <laughs> window and drag it behind me. <laughs> And what he ends up doing at the end of the movie (laughs) is not something he is seen desiring to do for that much, for for that long ahead of when he actually does it. It's not like, it isn't like a goofy movie where Max is scheming. Mm. I'm going to do this dance number in front of the whole school and then they're going to like me and I'm going to get the girl I want. It almost happens by accident. Like they don't know they're supposed to have a skit prepared. When Pedro goes up there and gives his presidential speech, there's like, oh, no, what do we do? And Napoleon's like, I've been learning to dance. I guess I'll go dance with this (laughs) tape that like LaFonda handed me. I didn't even plan anything to go along with the tape. It's all so incidental. It's it's incidental. It's a bunch of non sequiturs because because, yeah, that's what what he does is open the window and he tosses out this action figure that he has attached to a string. Yeah. And he just drags the action figure behind. Like, there's no purpose to this thing that he's doing here. He's not running an experiment. It doesn't come back up <laughs> no. that he's trying he's he's trying to to do something like what are the effects of the, the, this thing on that? It there's just there's no reason. And they don't revisit it at all. And that's it. There's no explanation. And, and I, he I might be I, just he, to, to he might be trying run. to. Mm. to wrap up my my thought i i, I was just yeah. gonna say like it it it's indicative of the rest of the movie because yeah. like there's really just no explanation to all of this it just happens <laughs> so yeah he, he might be trying to get the action figure to fly 
like if the bus picks up enough speed, the action like figure kite. will sort of look like it's flying behind them. But he never says that. And when it's just dragging on the ground, it's not like he says, oh, we're not going fast enough. Like, we don't know if that was his end goal or if he was attempting to do something else and that failed. It just is. I, I, I mean, like, part of me wants to, like, wildly speculate and be like he's into, like, painting, like, Warhammer models or something a lot like that. And so he's, like, trying to create, like, realistic battle scars or Maybe. something just by dra- dragging like w- wear and tear on his action yes. figures right so that he can paint them or set them up to be some kind of diorama and be like oh it looks real it looks sick dude yeah we can extrapolate these things but there's nothing no textually yeah. there to confirm it to us napoleon is really inscrutable you're never quite sure how he's feeling at any time. And some of that is, I think there is at least some level of denying larger frustrations. Like he expresses that his lips hurt real bad and he needs a chapstick instead of expressing, I hate when this guy bullies me. <laughs> yeah. You just dropped my chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> and He's deeply frustrated by like these little inconveniences, but he's also very easily impressed by small things. Like he loves Pedro's very normal looking bike. He thinks Mm -hmm. he's so lucky to have that bike, but that isn't anything that comes back in a larger way. It's not like Napoleon sees Pedro's bike and is then like, how do I get myself a bike like that? Yeah, it, 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 I mean, to go back to the, genre that we mentioned it does really feel like a slice of life story because that is the kind of conversations that i would have with people like when i was Mm. young like hey hey what kind of bike you have it's a mongoose you have a mongoose that's so cool right uh yeah and and then you would just be, be, be be like hey do you have any like sick jumps that we can go go yeah. do and like that 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 was the thing that we did did right i think even skipping ahead a little bit when we see uncle rico and stuff like that and just see that he is is this character that is this like he used to be great in high school he was the high school harder mm. back and he just can't let that go and yes. he just has these like but he is he is a character that is like despite not letting go to his prime he is like constantly looking out towards the mountains and hoping and dreaming and like yeah there there is this like wisp like not wispiness but just this like wistfulness uh, yeah 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 he he longs for something other characters have more direct goals than napoleon does like uncle rico is chasing his glory days uh you know kip has got his relationship with lafonda pedro picks like a specific girl that he wants to ask for the dancing he's a specific plan to try and ask her out and then he decides he's going to run for class president you know deb's got her little businesses Uh, even rex kwando seems like he's got direction in his life but uh, Napoleon doesn't, which is something I, I 
that is one of the positive aspects of this movie. This is one of the things that has kept me thinking about it for so long is that it is these characters in these very mundane, uh, non-aspirational circumstances. Like they're in this little Mm -hmm. town. It doesn't seem like there's hardly anything around. It's not exciting there. There's not a lot of possibility or potential, but there's no desire for getting out of this small town. Like nobody's really trying to go anywhere. They are trying to have the most fun they can with the circumstances that they have with this town, with whatever their means are, whoever it is that their friends are, whatever they can get their hands on. It's about making the most with what comparatively little you have around yourself. It really revels in the mundanity of uh, this setting. And I like that a lot. Like I, I grew up in a suburb of St. Louis, uh, a, a relatively compact city. So I'm like close to the city at any time. But I'm also in like the northernmost suburb. I'm on the outer edge of the of the St. Louis suburbs. Like the outer I'm right up there at the top. St. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's me, and then you hit like the river, and then the, Illinois is right there. So I was in an area that was you could get more rural. There were plenty of farms. Like I, in high school, I would like stay after school for an activity and then the activity bus would take you home. And because it, there are fewer kids to take home, it's taking like a wider path. Like you're going to be in one bus with like people you've never seen otherwise. Cause it's driving yeah. this like massive area to get everybody home from activities or whatever. So I'm going into these like more rural, more like farmhouse areas out in the suburbs. And this movie kind of reminds me of that. Uh, Missouri and Idaho being very different states with different vibes and different landscapes. But it feels like something that's just barely outside of my experiential grasp. Like, I've never exactly lived this, but I've kind of seen things like this. Yes. So it makes it feel relatable, but also like you are wondering about this world you were thinking about what you would do if you were there there was a certain element of yeah of wonder of mystery the tiniest bit of adventure just because it's not the exact small town you might have grown up in yeah that's what i was trying to get to is that like all of these characters even the like smaller ones, like the pedro's cousins right like Mm -hmm. to, to have them in like these are all the things I feel like I've seen in my life where I know someone who has this kind of connection or this kind of outlook on life or does these not necessarily get rich quick schemes, but mm. maybe more pyramid scheme kind of uh, things thinking this is the next big thing, right? The new Tupperware thing. We need to go house to house and sell this uh, like I, I feel like I've seen those things in my life, despite not mm. living in that kind of small town. But it's yeah, it's also strange to see all of these things happening in this small town in the ways they happen, because it just kind of creates this like almost surreal small town where mm. it's, it's 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 like it it can't be exactly like this, can it? I don't like there's just some bizarre things that happen in, in 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 this and they play everything just so straight and yes it's just kind of interesting 
there's just like this yeah. weird surreal aspect to it yeah and that it is so objective and so kind of content with itself like there's you've got characters with more longing to them like like an uncle rico but for the most part a lot of the characters are trying to solve like immediate needs like mm-hmm. i need a date to the dance i want to see if i can win class president i'm trying to get some money for college that aren't these massive life-changing things no people want to change one element of an upcoming circumstance but they're not trying to change their life there is a level of comfort and familiarity and and contentedness in this movie that i think makes mm-hmm. me i kind of feel at peace i feel a little comforted that like if sure. these characters don't want for very much what am i doing wanting for very much like i'm a it's it's kind of wizard of ozzy in that way sometimes you really don't want to you don't need to look further than your own backyard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, man, so I, <laughs> I, I think we, we also have to talk, talk about Napoleon's dance. What a great scene. <laughs> We're going to this now. What's so fascinating to me about this dance is that there is a dance in the movie. They go to like a home, a school dance, a homecoming, a something. And it's later at the class president speeches that he does the dance. Like he doesn't express any interest in dancing. Again, everything feels really incidental. It's not like he has an experience at the school dance that leaves him saying, oh, I this girl would have stayed with me as my date if I would have known how to dance. Like there's not a specific thing that you can see that he is envying that he wants to move towards. It seems accidental that he finds Dequan's dance groups uh, that tape at the thrift store. And then he he buys it. And one of the funniest bits in the movie, (laughs) it's when you see him just through the crack in his door, putting that tape in and it says, welcome to Dequan's dance groups. Are you ready to get started? And he says, yes. Yes. So good because 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 yeah, like it's another one of those things. There is no purpose behind mm. it. Like he's he's just we we randomly get a scene just of killing time at a thrift store. Yeah, and he finds a a, a, a sigh well, one of those like teenage mutant ninja turtle looking da- 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 daggers, uh, and he's he's like putting it in one of his belt loops to just see what it would look like. I assume he bought it. That seems mm. like something he would buy. If that's something you find at the at the thrift store, why wouldn't you buy that? Yeah. I would. Um, but but the, yeah, he finds this dance video, and so that's what I like to think that he 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 bought on his trip. He bought a sign and a dance video, which is just mm. a great purchase. Um, yes, but like he's like, again, like he's not doing this to go impress deb or to help out pedro mm. to do this skit uh yeah like, he's just why not it's it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just this huh okay it's something to do right mm-hmm. like that that's just it and yeah he just starts nailing it uh and then yeah there's the, the scene where he walks out he's all sweaty and lafonda's <laughs> head in there and just like what are you doing it's like I'm practicing, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and yeah, and, and it 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 culminates in him just kind of 
doing this impromptu dance skit uh, for for Pedro, and everyone loves it. The, yeah. the, the, the crowd is is just pr- like proud. Like you see Deb, 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 Deb yes. as she starts the the standing ovation, mm-hmm. and she's happy for him for Pedro. She like she's excited but then you see her just like starting to look around and see the other people happy and she like she swells with pride to see those (laughs) those people there and she like there's Mm. this like hometown pride that you kind of see within within her that is neat just like yeah yeah we did this And, and deb is a character who wants to see other people being their best that's something she tries to provide with people like do you want an accessory you do you want to be be stylish be glamorous do you want a beautiful photo of yourself where she seems to really work with who you are what your needs are what fits you best like she really wants to see other people succeed so i yeah she's she's happy for napoleon and and that really fits into who the rest of her character is is seeing him up there being his best self the dance is fascinating to me in that it we don't see clearly how it impacts Napoleon's life directly. It's not like after that scene that like blonde guy comes up to him and is like, I guess you're you really are cool and I'll stop bullying you now. Yeah. Like it he does it for Pedro, uh like seemingly like without thinking, without like factoring in. Like, he wants Pedro's success for Pedro. It doesn't seem like he's really thinking about, oh, then my social status will rise if I'm best friends with the class president. It's all about what Pedro's needs are. And I think because, like, he he wanted a friend and Pedro was his friend. Like, that's all. Like, it's such an act of gratitude for something very simple. Like, he doesn't really ask anything of Pedro in return. Does he stay to, to hear the applause? And stuff that that he he gets here because I I know at a certain point they cut the tape off and yeah. he kind of awkwardly stops and then I think he runs yeah. off stage. Uh, yeah. But then like it takes a bit for them to start clapping. Like I'm I like that's the thing I'm wondering if he left that situation thinking huh. it was a, f- a failure of of just like oh they didn't like it there anything he might be like far enough away that he's not really hearing the the applause or that's an interesting thought we we aren't sure about it we do see that that gets pedro the win like yeah uh not to disparage the speech pedro gives and his promises that if you vote for him all your dreams will come true but it does seem that that dance played a large part in Mm -hmm. uh in getting him the win which is Something I I do kind of question that Pedro wins on that dance's merits and less on his own merits. But also you can see that it is something like I don't think the class sees this, but I think we the audience can see that that was like. Kind of an act of of love, of gratitude, of support from Napoleon to Pedro in some regard. So he, he earns he earns his presidency just by being a good friend in in some way. But. Yeah. Yeah, we see that Pedro wins the the presidency and Napoleon is happy for him. But yeah, it isn't clear if Napoleon is like 
I'm proud of myself for the dance I did. My life is going to be different now. We're starting a dance team here at the high school at school, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's there's nothing like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This was my uh, my first encounter with Jamiroquai. I was not <laughs> familiar with the band before them. Uh, but yeah, that that song just I, I think reignited their popularity because Jamiroquai has been around for a long, long time, mm. and it was interesting because I don't think I really looked in like I like immediately after hearing this song and liking it and all of that that stuff, I didn't go search out the band to find out who they were, or anything like that. Actually, actually, it was summer camp one year that there was one of someone there who was really into the, the, the band. And I like mm-hmm. he was playing more of the the music and I kind of liked some of it. Um, and and then, j- yeah, just like later on that summer when I looked them up, I was like, oh, this is the Napoleon mm-hmm. Dynamite band. Uh, mm-hmm. But they've they've been around for a long long time just making stuff so uh, i think the licensing for that song is one of the most expensive things in this movie you can tell that's like a major chunk of the budget yeah yeah i mean that not like they needed much of a budget yeah right yes um like so many of the supporting performances are just local kids from the actual preston idaho which gives the movie this real verisimilitude that it's just real people being around. Like, I love the kid who asks, what are you going to do today, Napoleon? Like his face, his voice is really interesting. You get some of my favorite, like micro performances in the movie are when uncle Rico goes to that one couple's house to sell them the Tupperware. And he's like, if you buy the Tupperware, you also get this model ship. And the wife leans over to the husband, like, I want that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, great he, great he tries then, to get the husband to tear the tupperware in half and he can't do it and the wife is like mad at him that she's so disappointed it. like she has that just like he's so sad ah, about it yeah like i married I, a chump like oh my and I god like, our marriage I like is that ruined because is... he can't <laughs> it. <laughs> it's part of this interesting pattern of giant wives like that lady is like just bigger than her husband is. Uh, Starla is just more muscular than Rex Quando is. Of course, we've got the huge difference between La Fonda and Kip. Yeah. I don't know what this is. Maybe it's just sort of classic funny to see very tall woman, very small man. <laughs> what's the what's the thing that we have on our bingo? Cards? Tall and small are friends. <laughs> tall. G- tall guy gets stuck with small guy right yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah that's that's an, an interesting way to l- look at that too i mean like they they are like in farmland it's not like I, I, even if the wives or some of these women are like homemakers they are doing different homemaking things i feel sure. like that right like they are out there maybe getting some fresh eggs or like helping out around it's egg strength right there sure yeah egg strength (laughs) uh which is like all all sorts i i don't know i i'm but like 
yeah, it's not just like they're stuck. There is that one wife, uh, the the mother of the girl that Napoleon asked oh, to. The yes, also dancer. like a very tall lady. And the She's shot tall, when you see yes. her and Rico on the couch, like she does appear to be bigger. Than yeah. Him. Um, but but like she appears to be someone who I would imagine sure more of a homemaker mm. just by her her looks and the way she's acting but also like she's in this like 80s track suit like like she she <laughs> yeah. almost feels like she'd be the like at home like she like she may have been the one to have bought the dequan's dance uh mm, video yes did, 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 did your parents ever have that like stepmaster workout thing where it was just this like big like plastic no. like step no and but then I, there were i've you know what i'm, I, I'm talking I've, about though i feel like i've seen other moms i know the mom you're talking about who gets into this. yes yes we had one of those <laughs> i don't think i ever saw my mom use it but we had that. And like that is the kind of thing that I imagine like her being into. Like she has some like free weights as she's like stepping up on the. Yes. Thing. yes. Like th that is what I picture her doing. Um, but yeah, just some some interesting character. Like I liked how peppy she was like she definitely seemed like someone who in high school was probably also in trish's like so social yeah. circle she seems like one of the popular girls um who it like now having grown up like realizes how like hey some of these people that maybe we didn't like maybe they're not so bad nowadays mm. like it's like you're going with him to the dance like it's yes. fine be nice um, yes <laughs> it, it, yeah uh but just like great smaller performances yeah, all around this... i lo love them i love the cousins that show up <laughs> like great stuff. and i think i think i could be mistaken i think one of them the one that's driving I think is in Breaking Bad. Oh, and better oh. call Saul as like one of like Tuco's cousins. I think I could be wrong. I have not looked this up, um, but they there's there's an an actor in Better Call Saul. I'm watching the final season mm. of that right now. Just started it. Um, and yeah, there's an actor that has like a very similar goatee. They're bought like this looks like a younger version of that. Like in a mm. couple years, I could see them be, 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 be being ca cast in Breaking Bad here. So I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I yeah. like their performances. It's good. There is something very lived in about this movie. I, like everything feels kind of outsized, but also pretty grounded. Yes. Yeah. I I want to talk about one of my favorite bits, which which is when Uncle Rico comes in, a, a fascinating character to just show up and just uh, turn everything upside down and a really interesting symbol of a, another one of the great mysteries of this movie, which is just how how is the dynamite family structured? So you've got Napoleon sure, yeah. who's in high school. He says Kip is like 32, but I don't know how strong of a like that is. Do you mean literally 32 or just vaguely? 
32. Like maybe he's like, like he 25 in Napoleon's eyes. Right. In Napoleon's eyes, he's so old, he might as well be 32. <laughs> right, we don't yeah. know. It's not clear why they live with their grandmother, where the dynamite parents are. We mm-hmm. presume that Uncle Rico is the son of grandma, but maybe he's from the other side of the family. Like everything's mm. really unclear. Yeah, because he even the way like the, the, the grandma is great in in, in this. Too. I, yes. I, yeah, just the, the fact that she like immediately just kind of leaves and then goes and has this like adventure in the sand yes. dunes with a date and has this terrible accident but just like the fact that she, like that's what she's in like she's into partying like she's like out right. of the, the clubs the bars the like she she's having a grand old time uh which is nobody like, almost not what you you expect yes Nobody in this movie is sincerely cool. Even the cool kids at school are not cool. I think the <laughs> coolest character is Grandma. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are the the, the popular ki- kids at school. What's her name? Summer. Like, yeah. she is the stereotypical cool g- 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 girl. But we also don't see her doing anything. Right. She also feels again. It's like is every is. She's not ahead of the times more than anybody else is. Even the mm-hmm. people that you would think are popular, are cool, are stylish, still dress like it's 1994. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's um, also fallen under the spell that all of Preston, Idaho is under, where it's just in a timeless semi 90s void. <laughs> yeah. And certain stuff, Hale's <laughs> like, yeah, like early 90s, late 80s. But then the way like Uncle Rico still dresses because he's like caught back in the 70s, it feels like. Yeah, I think this is like 82 might have been the year of that game. God, yeah, yeah, he he keeps mentioning 82. But man, it just it's such a weird thing to see like all these different time periods mixing together in Mm -hmm. a weird way. But then they also like don't pull out an ipod or anything like yeah. there is no thing to like specifically be like oh they referenced myspace well right there's no tv not gonna age well yeah there's <laughs> right, not yeah. even a gateway 95 computer like it doesn't <laughs> even get that close to being in the time yeah there's yeah. this part i love when rico is talking to kip about how if only he would have won that game his life would have been different like he would have he would have gone to state he would have done this in college you know like his whole life would have been different so we've got that delusion that simply winning this game would have been or like getting put in the game being able to throw Mm, the ball would have changed the entire course of his life and then he looks off at the mountains and he says i bet i could throw a football over those mountains not over a hill maybe maybe you could throw a football over a hill but not over a mountain Rico. Dream big, kids. Dream right. big, right? <laughs> and so then there's the further escalation of his delusions where he turns to Kip and he says, you spend a lot of time on cyberspace? Is, have you found anything like a, a time machine? <laughs> Great. I love that ex- 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 exchange. Like, that is... Like, like there, there are the, 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 the things that I still liked that I know I liked back then, mm. then right? The like, your mom goes to college. Yes. Uh, the, you could be drinking whole m- m- <laughs> milk if you wanted. 
the it's just like uh, there's all these quotable mm-hmm. lines in yes. there but then there's like there, there's smaller ones that i feel like didn't catch on to like so i bet you know a lot about cyberspace <laughs> <laughs> right like that's a great exchange yes it's like why did yes. that one catch on it's so it's, good <laughs> i remember going into hot topic and i think this was also something that fed into at least within like my middle school the popularity of napoleon dynamite that a new mall opened up mm-hmm. like in our suburb so everybody could go to the mall and you would go into the hot topic which was right next to the food court next to the movie theater so like it it was so accessible. Maybe you'd never get around to the rest of the mall, but you would get to the hot topic. And they had at one point, they kept getting more and more Napoleon Dynamite merchandise until it was like a whole wall section of it. Of yeah. So yeah. So many little bits. Like, I think I had a shirt that said, I caught you a delicious bass. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> I, I think I still have a button. You'd paw through that like box of buttons at the Hot Topic to get whatever you wanted for like a dollar fifty with a couple bucks your parents gave you before you they dropped you off. I still have the one that says, "I like your sleeves; they're real big." Yep, that's that's yep, evergreen that's, for me. I love that's a great one. <laughs> I love that being the judgment on the quality of sleeves is the size. Yeah, and he's not um, wrong. Like the fact that Deb made that dress by herself is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, man, I, please can no. Just continue. going back to this thing with Uncle Rico, I think about now how he is the character living the most under longing, under want, under wanting his life to be different in a way that the other characters don't have to that degree. And he is mm-hmm. also the most delusional character. Like he believes in like time travel and being able to throw a football over the mountains and like all of his schemes to get money and everything. Like the other characters who don't want as much from their lives, who are more content, are more grounded, don't fall into that. Like their foibles aren't as intense. They're not Mm. believing in as strong of lies the way Uncle Rico is. He's a cautionary tale for sure. I like when he's talking to him and Kip are sitting on the front stoop eating steaks. I love how they like live next to this farmer. So they just keep getting meat. Like that's all they eat. You never see the characters eat a vegetable. They don't live near vegetable farmers, just dairy farmers. So it's all like meat all the time. Meat and dairy. They're sitting on the stoop eating steaks. And Kip is, he's trying, uh, uh, Rico's trying to, say to kip how good he is at still throwing something and so that's when napoleon rides up on his bike and rico grabs kip's steak right off of kip's plate throws that at napoleon and then kip still says no that's what i'm talking about (laughs) right yeah kip does not care about that steak he's not mad that his uncle just grabbed the steak off of his plate and threw it at his brother he's still like your arm is pretty good yeah so good like I, I yeah i i i love stuff like because like kip and rico have a, a, mm. a more adult connection yeah. to one another right they 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 do have a conversation at the little like diner grocery store right. gas it's, it's station ca- yeah thing. yeah i think like it's big, called big like jays or big something. jays and the sign says a great place to eat yeah 
Um, and, but they, they, they have the like, hey, so are you still with this person? No. Mm. Uh, and, and like they, they talk about business stuff. Yeah. Uh, like they, 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 they can connect in, in a different way that I think Kip is really into because I don't think he necessarily gets along or like his grandma doesn't understand him. I'm assuming, right, with all of mm. the cyberspace chat room yeah. stuff. Uh, I don't think Napoleon cares about computers yet. Like he has like he's still sitting there like drawing warriors yeah. on his math homework and, and mm. stuff like he's into that stuff. He likes to be outside and just go play and things like that. So. It, yeah, I, I really appreciate the relationship that kip and rico have um just uh yeah I, I i don't really have anything else on that besides that like i appreciate it that that that, that they just have this different relationship it's mm. good to see because because then yeah. yeah you do get lines of kip almost looking up to uncle rico just yeah being like, now that's what i'm talking about right or at least getting <laughs> pressured to look up to uncle rico sure yeah yeah um man uh so did so the first time i watched this movie i don't think i mm. knew that there was an end credits sequence oh because end credits sequences I yeah mean, nowadays that's what marvel does all mm. the time it's what a bunch of the superhero movies do uh i think a, a number of other like franchise style uh, yeah. movies have started to adopt that. But this is not really something that was ubiquitous in pop culture back then. Yeah. then. It was very missable. Uh, yeah. And it was a, a late addition in production like i think the movie went to sundance or went to film festivals without that and then after mm. it was acquired by i think fox searchlight as the distributor they paid for make this one extra scene pad out the length a little bit you know, we'll add this on as sort of a coda at the end of the movie and i don't That's remember not knowing that it was there i i it, it is an integral part of the film experience for me. Like this is like also one of the things I quote the most. It's dang quesadilla. Yes. It's Deb saying, that's the one. I think that's going to turn out really good. <laughs> and it is Kip singing. I love technology, yes, I but love not technology. as much as, but not <laughs> so as good. much as you, you see, but I still <laughs> love technology. <laughs> Always, always and forever it's <laughs> <laughs> so good like it's just it's it's it, it, like that's the thing like we quote that section yeah he has a whole yeah. song that like and, 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 and like it, it goes on for like two minutes of him just singing this thing and like lafonda's family is all like head I, in I their do, hands do, just I like what is happening the exasperated family how they're having like they're just in a field there's like a table at the back with a cake on it they're in the middle of the sun it looks so uncomfortable to be at this wedding yeah it's the egg farmer who's god who's, yeah who's officiating the wedding which is lyle because oh, i he, think he's can... also the guy who shot the cow in front yes, of the school yep. bus that's him but he like he is kind of this like 
like you almost can't understand like he's kind of mumbling yes, yes. The, through all of his lines here and just like what what did you say like mm. <laughs> and, and yeah it's just such an odd thing and yeah it is this like napoleon then is late but interrupts by riding in on this horse and he looks like he's yes. falling off the horse I, the whole time <laughs> and he, he lets them like ride off into the sunset yes. on this the stallion that he just t- t- tamed. I, t- I tamed you a wild honeymoon stallion <laughs> yeah god like it's just what is happening i like, like the none of this makes sense it it's just it is what it is, and I love yeah, it. <laughs> right. And we have no clue what could be happening next. I do think of, based on what we know of him, what is Napoleon Dynamite doing 20 years later? Where would he go in his right. life? What is his profession? Is he married? Who still lives in Preston? I want to know what happens to these people. Now, I never watched any of it, but didn't they do a Napoleon Dynamite TV series? Yes, a very short-lived, like, animated TV show that yeah, yeah, aired in, like, 2012 on the Fox block with, like, Simpsons and Family Guy. Wild. Yeah, it says, uh, set in the small town of Preston, Idaho, it follows the adventures of the titular 16-year-old boy he's 16 he's supposed to be 16 in this wild Little. uh who thinks he's skilled at everything the series has created uh by the co-writers and directors J- jared and uh and jerusha hess uh who developed it with mike scully blah 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 wild i it, and i i know that john heather came back to voice napoleon mm. uh so did the actor who played pedro yes john greece is back as uncle rico interesting mm-hmm. this may be one we have to l- look at for the pilots yeah <laughs> I, right. I am intrigued I am kind of intrigued by it. So I, I, I remember. Th- and that's the thing. Like you said, like the movie came out in like 2004. The cartoon, yeah. like 2012. Yeah. Like almost May- a decade I can imagine. Later. I, we were in college then. I can see that like the audience that latched onto this movie when they were in school are still in school. Let's get them before they become real adults. And then they leave behind their childish ways, such as Napoleon dynamite. I mean, if, if it was, well, yeah, I I guess so. 2012. Yeah. Huh? Says the series is available on Hulu in the United States. Mm. there you go wild stuff what have these actors done since then like that's another like i i i of course recognize uncle rico from lost (laughs) right ben linus's dad yeah like i i because i watched lost with my partner recently uh Mm -hmm. it's it's my like eighth time watching lost Mm -hmm. her first and so when we first see uncle rico i kind of under my 
my barrette say it's roger workman uh yes and, and <laughs> like she, she didn't pick up on that and they 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 show him and he has some scenes and some lines and i i like actually then say out, out loud like man it's kind of wild that he's ben's dad from lost and she goes oh you're right yeah. oh my god like she like did not put that together uh but most of these actors i'm not like by name like familiar with them i know i've i've seen john header in in some stuff um since then unfortunately he kind of got typecast because Mm -hmm. of this thing uh and so didn't do all that much that i know of after um I've I've know I've seen Dietrich Bader who plays right. Rex. I know I've seen Bad him and stuff. Man. Yeah, but I I don't think I've seen like Aaron Rule who plays Kip. I in I, this, I think he was I think he was like Ramirez. a fr- I you know what's I, one of these videos I was watching. I watched several YouTube video essays on Napoleon Dynamite, and one of them was talking about how. After this movie became a huge hit, they wanted the cast to do like cast appearances. And at one point, Efren Ramirez got burned out on doing them and he asked his twin brother to go in his place. And then his twin brother went to something without telling him first, just outright pretending without his approval to be his brother. So it was this like civil war where he had to tell his brother, stop pretending to be me. This is over. You're ruining my life. That's wild. Uh, I just looked up. I just looked up Efren. Um, mm. He. I, so I was like, what is like his the earliest role that he had in 1994? Uh-huh. He was in a movie called Tammy and the T-Rex. In which oh, I know that one. The pizza boy. But then two years later, he plays a character named Carlos in the movie Kazam. You remember wow. Kazam? Was Shaquille Who can forget O'Neal. Kazam? Oh my god! Um, so now I'm like I'm trying to see like what else he was in that I might know him. Is this what I think it is? He was in Crank, the Jason <laughs> Statham movie, apparently. Um, <laughs> Uh, what else do I kind of recognize here? Uh, nothing. Oh, he was in Lightyear. Oh, good. He voiced a character in Lightyear. That's interesting. Nice uh, years. And then television. Do I know anything of his stuff in television? <laughs> like, like this is the thing. Like, I don't like. I've not seen many of these characters in other things since then. I um, I know also in the mid 2000s Tina Majorino who plays Deb was in a some premium cable show called Big Love that was about the tensions in a Mormon family and she was one of mm. the several wives that that guy had I don't know I'm I'm not sure I don't know I don't know what came of that I don't know what happened afterwards I just I really enjoy everybody's performances in this movie wish him health and wellness yeah i mean it 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 looks like also in the tv world he's done some like bit like one episode 
characters and stuff like Boston Public, ER, uh, Robot Chicken, American Dad. Oh, good. Uh, like he's he's done some some stuff getting like around that, but uh yeah interesting okay but interesting before before we head towards the end of the podcast i just want to run through a couple other just brief jokes i think are excellent yes please. one of my favorite <laughs> turns of phrase is when pedro wants to impress summer and ask her to the dance and napoleon asks him what he's gonna do and he says i don't know i'll build her a cake or something i can build her a cake <laughs> i love yeah, i love that it is build her yep. a cake i think that, that word has so much meaning to it i also really love when he for, when they go to the faa like uh, a recital whatever that is again it comes out of nowhere nothing leading to it nothing leading from it they just do it and yeah. uh, afterwards he he's already decided he's going to run for president and then he sees that Summer is also running for president, the girl who turned him down when he asked her to the dance. And he's just, you see him get so nervous. And that's when he goes home. You see him like, he's like, I'm hot. I drink some cool water, but it didn't help. So you see him in a bubble bath surrounded by candles, still wearing the medal he got from the FAA competition. Amazing. I think it's Amazing. so funny that he's like, my head was hot. So I decided to shave my hair it's Didn't real high school thinking hair? yeah <laughs> i there's stuff pedro is i really do like his performance in this movie because sometimes pedro looks absolutely blank in a way that is fascinating to me like i think yeah. you see napoleon like calling trisha's house or like he's mm -hmm. calling somebody on the phone and then you zoom out and pedro has been sitting there next to him at the table and pedro's just like flat in like no, I think it's when he's it's after he's working for the chicken guy. He's like sorting out all his money and he's like, that's six dollars. That's like a dollar an hour. And then the phone <laughs> rings and then he goes and he takes the call from Trisha and Pedro just sits there not moving through this entire sequence. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man. Yeah. Um. um. I, I, again dynamite man it just right. what a trip <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, I'm glad this movie exists yes like, yes I, yeah i don't know <laughs> there's so many little bits like when he goes to to help at the chicken ranch and he asks do the chickens have large talons and the guy running the thing says so disdainfully i don't understand a word you just said <laughs> <laughs> That's funny to me. One of my favorite tiny, tiny jokes is when they have the time machine that's clearly a scam and oh, it's yeah. got just like label maker labels on it. There's a knob on the time machine labeled high and low. What, what does that mean? <laughs> high time travel, low time travel. There's so many little mysteries, so many little things that you don't know what they mean, what they're for, yeah. where they came from, where they're going. Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. I don't know if I have much else to say yeah. on Napoleon Dynamite. It's just it's it's a good time. I'm, it I'm glad that they did make an animated series like almost a decade mm -hmm. later. 
just be, because the, I think that kind of shows just like how insanely popular yes. this was for so long. Uh, but also, like we were alluding to at the start of just like it also kind of just disappeared. I think like, it's. I, I don't know. I think it got quoted to death. There were so yeah. Napoleon Dynamite is so interesting in that there was nothing about the character you really aspire to. Like people quoted Napoleon Dynamite because they thought the movie was funny, but people in no other way wanted to emulate or be like Napoleon Dynamite. They just shared his words. And I think like it was on so much merchandise. It became like such a hit. People kept quoting it. I think it might have burned so hot that the culture got tired out on it. And there hasn't been a specific impetus for people to return to Napoleon Dynamite in Mm. recent years. I hope this podcast serves as that. It all starts now. <laughs> right. This is, this is my goal. This is what I'm starting. My legacy I leave upon the world is getting people to watch Napoleon Dynamite again for the first time in 20 years and think like, hey, this movie's all right. Napoleon Dynamite, worth revisiting. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, let's see. Let me let me start pulling up bingo here so we yes. can do all of that good stuff. Uh, give me a second to pull it up. I'm looking Bingo. at mine and I'm finally able to cross off cow. <laughs> yes, we can finally cross off cow. Um, and also, that. even that if this movie here. does feel kind of timeless, I'm going to check off contemporary reference to retro tech. Okay, because there How is so? nothing How that so? specifically it, it, there's nothing that specifically says we're not in like 2003 when the movie was made but there's Uh everything feels archaic even to that point like those top loader vcrs weren't happening anymore nobody's driving a well maybe the cousins are but like uncle rico is not driving a recent car the computer is old the phone is old everything feels like it is like 10 or 15 years old I, I would even give you I, I know it's not tech per se, but I, I, I feel like I would even give you an argument for Kit being in the chat rooms. Oh, yes. Like it like it's it's more like Internet culture or tech culture. Right. It's not tech itself, but uh, yeah, uh, we do have an awkward hand touch. Mm-hmm. in this movie so i'm gonna go ahead and mark that one off for me uh sassy grandparent oh we have yes a sassy grandparent i have that one which also gives me a bingo do i oh i have we... a bingo in the same spot as you i now. already have sassy grandparent crossed off from something really i wonder what that was Maybe we I need we really need to, to label these something. when we cross these off. We do. Yeah. We need to start keeping track of uh, we knocked this one off in this movie. Um, let's see. No courtroom scene, no mocap character, no death by electrocution, though. Napoleon did basically get <laughs> electrocuted <laughs> yeah. with that that time machine. Um, I also have the contemporary reference to retro tech. So I I will mark that one off as well. 
think that's it. Do do do. Yeah, I think that is it. Good stuff. Ooh, I got the hiccups now. Whoops. Okay, so that is our bingo update. Uh, we still got some some good spaces to cross off, but it's starting to get get to that point where it's like we 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 need a specific thing, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Got to get some um, Batman in this year so we can cross off Butler. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, cool. Let's do recommendations, Melissa. If you liked Napoleon Dynamite, what else might you like? The horror movie It Follows has a weirdly similar aesthetic to Napoleon Dynamite in that it's also unclear. Is this set in the past or are these characters just like Interesting. behind the times or all fascinated with like vintage thrifted clothes or something? It, it has this even though it's a horror movie set in Detroit kind of has that same vaguely 90s feeling that napoleon dynamite okay. has which is something that really surprised me when i watched that movie another cult movie from around this time i think this movie came out in 2001 2001 uh the movie donnie darko i think operated a operated in a similar cult space as napoleon dynamite uh, you could get it on T-shirts at Hot Topic. People kind of referenced it to death. Like high schoolers thought it was cool. And then they kept talking about it and that just annoyed themselves out of it. Like I didn't see Donnie Darko until like after it had already been a big hit with all of my peers. I watched it. I'm like, I, I think I like it, but I don't really get it. And then I watched it again for the first time, like last year. Like, oh, now that I see this out of like the, the being surrounded by fellow high schoolers, I'm able to view it more on its own merits. And I, I did enjoy that one. I think that's another movie that if you were annoyed by it in high school, give it another try. It, I think it holds up on its own. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, I would recommend another popular thing from 2004, the, the web cartoon series, Homestar Runner. Oh, Do you think does a, a, a similar, a similar sense of humor? It's about weird, small stakes, well, sort know. of confusing family structures. You don't know why any of these people hang out with each other. There's no real goals, just immediate needs, like answer email. Who guys come on for who guys? Everybody to the right. limit. The cheese to the limit. Everybody come off of Hobo Guys. <laughs> Another thing that's all about like drawing dragons in your notebook, like a thing that dragons! you can still like quote forever. Yeah. Yes. Watch watch some Homestar Runner. Watch some strong bad emails, please. Yep. Uh one of my 15 minutes of things that I secretly got one on there. I got a strong bad e email. All right. There. You've told me about um, this. Yeah. Uh, um, wow. M Melissa, you took your recommendations in a direction I was not I've, expecting. I've got more. All. I wrote down several. C can watching continue, this please. Watching this movie again, it really reminds me of King of the Hill. Yes, that was going to be one of mine. 
uh, right. Go watch I think, King uh, of the Hill. And I think of other Mike Judge projects, like the movie Office Space is also kind of, it's rebelling against a mundanity, but it's still aesthetically similar. Also, you've got a weird supporting performance by Diedrich Bader. Yep. My vague memories of Beavis and Butthead, I feel like Napoleon Dynamite is the next step in the evolution past Beavis and Butthead of sure, yeah. obnoxious teen boys who talk weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the small stakes, the mundanity of the, the contentedness with Arlen, Texas. Sure. Why would we ever go anywhere else? Arlen has all we need. We don't need to change our lives. We just need to win this boggle tournament, sell this propane grill. That's all. That's yep. all. And we have everything we need in our life. For the absurd uh, vignette structure, Wet Hot American Summer, a movie we've talked yes. about way back on this podcast on episode 19. Yeah. That's a favorite of mine. That movie is like not grounded at all. Deeply silly. Just throwing stuff at the wall. A wild ride of a movie. I recommend it now, especially like kick off your summer by watching this. Well, it's a it's a movie about the last day of summer camp. So mm -hmm. you could watch it anytime up through August. But every summer I'm like, dang, I really got to watch Wet Hot American Summer again. Timeless. And finally, another movie we have covered before on this podcast. Napoleon Dynamite has an aesthetic similarity to the works of Wes Anderson. And I think mm, out of yeah. all his movies. Moonrise Kingdom might be the most appropriate match. That's we talked about Moonrise one. Kingdom back on episode 94 of the Whatnots Review Show. I believe I suggested it as a Valentine's Day movie uh, in that it's about these, these two unusual outlier kids who don't feel at home in, in either their family situations and they meet each other by chance. They start mm -hmm. uh, a letter writing campaign. Well, they start writing letters at each other. They develop a romance and they agree to run away together. And the movie is about them doing that and about like the girl's family and the boy's scout troop peers trying to get them back. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I again want to second King of the Hill. I think that mm -hmm. is a perfect fit. Um, also around this time, if you appreciate kind of the humor of the era, uh, don't know how well this one has held up, but the bench warmers, uh, mm. was a comedy that I know back then I really enjoyed back at, at that time. Also starring John Hader, uh, in, in that one too. Um, Let's see what else. I think if if you want like slice of life vignettes uh, on a maybe more serious note and more emotional note, uh, a long time ago we covered Essex County. Um, oh, written by yeah. Jeff Lemire. That's just some some good slice of life little small town comics, um, which has now been turned into a television show, only available in Canada at the moment. It's it's um, a very Canadian story. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Lumier is also uh, Canadian, so it makes sense. But I am hoping that I get to watch it soon because yeah. I want to watch that uh, a, a lot. because we really enjoyed that book. I don't know what episode number that was on for. I think podcast. that was like that was er early, early 2019. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. And then uh, if, if you want a more 
like nonsensical slice of life, but also just kind of surreal and absurd. Um, oh, God, why am I blanking on the name now? I need to look it up. Uh, Melissa, help. I don't know. Give me a single clue, is. Kyle. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea what this one is. Um, let me see. Did I watch it last end of last year? I think I watched it end of last year. This was it's one of my favorite anime. Uh, I think I've pitched it here on the show. I'm not seeing it. Where is Nichi Jiao? There it is. Mm. I had to look through my notes of all of the stuff that I watched <laughs> last year to find it. Nichi Jiao. Please go check out Nichi Jiao. I think it is hilarious. Uh, I know it is in originally it's a it's a manga. Um, I have not read the manga. I've only seen the anime adaption. Uh, but having seen the anime adaption, I, I'm kind of interested to see how it is as a manga because I almost don't understand how it could be a manga of like how some of mm. these jokes or how some of these gags work in a manga setting uh but man that is it is one of the funniest shows i've seen but it is just a small japanese town you follow some of the characters that are in the school and what's happening to them on a daily basis and the weird things that they get up to, up to both in school and after school um you see some of the like local towns folk and just kind of what's happening in their lives. And then every so often you see those paths cross. Um, and it's just these little small v v v vignette skits uh, that are really, really good and funny and relatable. It's a good time. Go check it out. Nice. I also want to say, have you rewatched Nacho Libre? I saw that one in theaters and I have not seen it since then. Nacho Libre is great. One of my favorites. Okay. I, it is also one of my, my partner's <laughs> favorites. Uh, so we, we have now watched, rewatched this together at least twice. Um, <laughs> That's how you know you're meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my dad, all, 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 like that has to be like one of his top three favorite films of all time. Mm. I still like that is one of my most quoted <laughs> film still to this day is nacho libre <laughs> all i remember is like him trying to get his like wrestling partner to like pray with him or something and the guy says i only believe in science but it's how he says it like he's got a really like rubbery face like it's Steven, the of have you been baptized <laughs> no i believe in science <laughs> <laughs> It sounds so petulant when he says it. That's all I remember. I, I, I wish I retained another thing from that movie. We all Some went to see it. Like my powers. whole family. Do you think I'm doing? My whole family went to see it. And by well, my whole family, I just mean my two brothers and probably my nephew who would have been like seven or eight. And we all enjoyed it in that oh, context. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, that absolutely fits in with the like School of Rock, Napoleon, yes. Dynamite, Nacho Libre, like all of that stuff right there is just like great stuff. Mm -hmm. Good stuff there. Uh, but yeah, that next is next week. 
what I have for recommendations. So next week, Thank yes, you. Melissa, do you want to introduce what we are going to be covering on our end of the month specials? Yeah, we are starting a new end of the month special. The last episode we record in every month is us watching one thing all the way through to its end. So we can finally finish something. Uh, we started off the year by watching all the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. And that kicked back what we had originally planned for the beginning of the year, which was the sitcom The Good Place. So we're like, we were like, we have to fit in Fast and Furious somewhere before that movie comes out. Let's just nudge good place back a little bit yep this is we're going to be watching season one there's four seasons so one episode a month for the next four months we're going to watch through all of the good place which i really look forward to season a month for the next one season a month yes one episode (laughs) of our show uh we have not covered a sitcom yet on any of our monthly ongoing series we don't talk about sitcoms much in general some sitcom specials that we've done here on the yeah, review show, yeah. which I would love to do again down the yes. road. Um, but yeah, we've not done like a sitcom proper here on, mm-hmm. on the show. So and it's one that Next I've not week. seen. Me so. either. Just starting it now. I've heard very good things uh, and I've heard that it's got. A good amount of world building and lore. Like there's going to be a lot for us to discuss every month besides just these jokes. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that is like one of the interesting things I remember about hearing about this show uh, is, is that, yeah, it's it was not just another sitcom, but there was it, it seemed like there was something more to it. Which I I can't really say exactly what that was. Like you said, the, maybe, maybe mm. it's just in the like world building and lore. I, I don't know. Uh, but I I I know that people really really enjoy this show a lot. And I I from what I remember, I think like generally generally agreed upon that it ended well too. It yes, I've also not, heard that. Yes, they're like oh, it got canceled and. That was it. And, oh, well. Uh, but no, I, th- I think it ended well. So mm-hmm. good to know. But yeah, that's what we will be up to the next four months. End of mm. each month. Uh, but Melissa, I have my pitches ready. Yes. For two weeks down the road here. Because we also like yes. to do, 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 do that because our end of the month specials sometimes can take a little bit more than a week to watch. We kind of spread that Mm. out throughout the month of Mm. us just consuming it. So Mm. we kind of have two weeks to do whatever these next things are here. Um, So I, I, to be honest, had a hard time coming up with what exactly I wanted to pitch. I did hand you one thing. You did. I gave you a suggestion. I, it is a great suggestion because I, it like, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies coming mm-hmm. up. You you suggested we do some Howard the Duck comics, um, which I would love to 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 do, but it's not available on Comicsology Unlimited. Oh, heck. Um, so do we we would either have to buy them or fi- figure out some yeah. way to yeah. We uh, did just buy Flintstones. That That's fair. Uh, buy, buy Flintstones. Rented a bunch of the Fast and, and the Furious. I kind of yeah. want to take advantage of the streamings, harvests uh, and stuff that we already have. Um, Good. Okay. But I, I, yeah, that that was a great suggestion, and I was like, can I like work my way around it? Could we do some like 
what like what Guardians of the Galaxy related stuff is on uh, comicsology, but I decided not to go with that. OK, um, OK. I think originally I was going to be like, well, it's been a while since we've done an anime. So what if I just did all animes? Um, but then I was like, you know, I, I kind of don't like like every once in a while we need to like horse our hand of the show to be like, yeah, we haven't done this one like genre in a while or this mm. one medium in a mm -hmm. while. Uh, so we need to kind of make sure we get, you know, that one thing. But we had a couple of those. We haven't done an anime in a while. Uh, we rarely ever do audio dramas and it's been a while since we've done like a kid's show proper so i okay. have one of each of those here all right uh i will start with the podcast uh so this podcast is called boraska spelled b-o-r-r-a-s-c-a uh, and the reason I wanted to pitch this one is because earlier this year, we listened to the left right game, which was created by Q Code Media. And this is another one of their yeah. audio drama podcasts. Uh, so this says, according to the podcast des description here, it says a gripping psychological thriller starring Cole Spruce as Sam Walker. In the first season, uh, we fo followed Sam as he painstakingly recounts the summer his sister disappeared, the friends he made, the legends he heard, the pain and confusion of la 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 loss. Uh, over nine episodes, we uncovered the unspeakable secrets of drisking of yes of. Drisking, Missouri, and the people who live mm. there. Um, after leaving the audience with a jaw-dropping cliffhanger, we are finally returning to Sam and the terrible truths of Drisking. Across a seven-episode season two, a ghost of Sam's past arrives to drag him back to, to Drisking for revenge. Uh, back to the forests that color his nightmares, back to the mysteries he never solved, back to the gates of Baraska. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there are two seasons of this podcast. Uh, the first season is nine episodes, as they mentioned, and season two is only seven. Okay. Um, I figured we could listen to both of the, them. Uh, though heads up, most of the episodes are anywhere between 40 minutes to an hour. Um, okay. So there, there is like 16 episodes total we'd be listening to here. Um, but yes, and season two, episode three is entitled Kyle's Map Theory. Now, I want to know what ah! Kyle's Map Theory is, especially being a Kyle myself. Right. Um, so we shall see about that one. That is pitch number mm. one. Pitch number two is the anime. This is called Carol and Tuesday. 
Uh, I believe hmm. I pitched this a long time ago, like really this like does sound familiar when it came out originally. I think I pitched this. This is available on Netflix. Uh, it is created by Studio Bones and Sinichiro Watanabe. You guys might uh, know from Cowboy Bebop or Space Dandy. Uh, we've also covered here on the podcast um, Kids on the Slope. As well as mm-hmm. Terror in Resonance, which was also some, those were both Sanichiro Watanabe uh, joints. Uh, but this is uh, the, the plot, according to Wikipedia, says on a future in the future on a partially terraformed Mars. Tuesday Simmons runs away from her affluent lifestyle as the wealthy daughter of a politician and makes her way to Alba City to pursue her dream of being a musician with just a suitcase and her Gibson acoustic guitar. On her first day in this city, she crosses paths with Carol Stanley an orphaned refugee from Earth and another aspiring musician who plays the piano. The two decide to team up as the singer-songwriter duo under the name Carol and Tuesday. Uh, This one has 24 episodes. Um... And I, I remember when this first came out hearing good things... Uh, I am a big fan of Sinichiro Watanabe and how he infuses mm-hmm. music into all of his anime. Um, and I, I, I you know, I'm not certain since I haven't watched it yet, but it seems to be like the just like street performers, right? And the music of people you might see in the subway performing or on the street or stuff like that. And I think that's an interesting take on mm-hmm. a musical anime. Um, so I would potentially like to check that out as well. Uh, yeah, that is pitch number two and pitch number three coming in also at 26 episodes. The children's show, one of my favorite incarnations of my favorite superhero. This is Spectacular Spider-Man available on Disney Plus. Uh, when is this one from? This one, when did this debut? Um, do, 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 do. Let me see. Wikipedia, don't fail me now. Premiered March 8th, 2008 on Kids oh. WB. Uh, Kids WB. Programming block of the, the CW. Yeah. Um, back then. So this only lasted two seasons and was canceled. And everyone thinks this is one of the biggest mistakes that Earth has huh. ever made. Um, Earth. It's not, yeah, yeah, Earth. Um, no, I yeah, I remember really enjoying this cartoon. I watched it through once a long, long time ago. I don't. I, and yeah, I remember really enjoying it and being like, this is actually really, really good. Um, the Wikipedia page says that it starts it, it blends different Spider-Man material uh, including like different eras of the comics, as well as stuff like Ultimate Spider-Man from Brian Michael Bendis uh, and Mark Bagley, as well as Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films. Um, mm. But 
it does its own thing. It has its own theme song that is not like Spider-Man, Spider-Man. They had their own thing and the theme song was actually good. Um, But it says the synopsis, it says each season of the series takes place over a semester of Peter's high school years with season one uh, running from September to November and season two from December to March. Uh, Hmm. The producer stated that the series theme is the education of Peter Parker. In keeping with that theme, each of the show's arcs is named after a course of study. Uh, seasons one arcs include uh, biology 101 economics 101 chemistry 101 psychology 101 and season two uh, engineering 101 human development 101 criminology 101 and drama 101 Mm. so um, interesting stuff with that but yeah I this is a lot of people's like favorite spider-man cartoon that was unfortunately cut short so that is pitch number three uh you again you said spider-man you said spider-man was 26 episodes and carol and tuesday was 24 or 26 uh it is 24 for carol and tuesday yes um so yeah to recap pitch number one was the audio drama podcast boraska Pitch number two was Carol and Tuesday, and pitch number three was the spectacular Spider-Man. Mm. Good old grab bag of stuff here. Yeah, an interesting amount. I I feel like I'm not in the mood to do a lot of a drama right now, so maybe not Baraska. That one sounds a little, a little heavy, like... I, I I'm very busy at work. I would put this on while I was at work and I know I would retain I would retain nothing. <laughs> sure. We did the left right game earlier this year, but that was an audio drama I had already listened to, so I had a leg up there. Man, we did do an anime in January, just like three months ago, which isn't bad. Man, I I want to know why Carolyn Tuesday has space stuff going on. Like yeah, why they couldn't be street I performers just on regular Earth. Yeah. But I'm also really intrigued at this one Spider-Man cartoon that I I don't remember hearing. And like I this thing probably like flashed right in front of my face. And it was just like, oh, OK, another Spider-Man cartoon and never thought about it. So to hear you say that this is widely regarded as one of the finest incarnations of Spider-Man really has me intrigued. I, I think I want to go with that one. I why okay. this one? Perfect. I want to learn what's what's great about this particular Spider-Man I've never heard of. Some good old cartoons. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for sure. Um yeah, they they they've had a number of Spider-Man cartoons pop up throughout the years. Yes. And I guarantee you there's a couple in there that you probably didn't know existed. Right. Which is kind of wild considering that Spider-Man is Marvel's like biggest seller. Um, Well, he's also for often a younger audience. So like I remember the 90s cartoon. Mm -hmm. I think I remember there was one a handful of years ago on Disney xd it had like a cool uh, aunt may with a pixie cut who dated phil colson 
Like I kind of remember like the most recent one and the one from when I was a child. And there surely is a glut of those in the middle that I, I missed that I don't know. There's probably there's been one, one since the like, one I'm remembering from college. There, there has, I think there, there's, there's one that's like completely CGI. Like back in the day uh-huh. when they were like, what if we could make CGI shows? And oh, just was, like, like Beast hey, Wars? Just the, yeah. <laughs> Not that old, but yes, in, in a sense that it was just like, this probably didn't work out like they hoped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, spectacular spider-man i'm excited to re-watch this because i i do remember really enjoying this but yeah i it, it's been i don't i don't even remember how long ago i watched this um so i really don't remember anything about the plot or what happens in this here so i'm excited to check it out in two weeks time okay be fun. oh man we've been recording for so long good god uh, this is I, a long one we had a lot to say about napoleon dynamite i, I did uh, not realize that we had been recording for almost two hours now well um, thanks everybody thank you for being here uh do, you can find me on twitter and instagram at wilkywit w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t and listen to my other podcast saturday morning obscurities for more 90s and early 2000s vibes indeed uh yeah you guys can find me at yo kyle springer uh, and if you guys would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are, of course, at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, so please go like, share and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. Of course, if you are on YouTube, go check out one of the other videos that we got that just popped up on screen right over there. That would help us out a ton as well. Uh, this has been number 251 of The Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.